2: with your host,
0: John Rush. All right, Hour 3 is upon us. Thanks for joining us. As I said a moment ago, Joe McLean joining us now from General Motors. Joe, welcome. How are you?
7: Hey, John. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Always a joy, and Charlie gave you a little background on me in addition to that, just so you know, I'm a EV owner. I have a Chevy Bolt. It's my second one, and I kind of go from one extreme to the other. I have that, and then I've also got a new ZL1 Camaro, so I go both ends. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great to hear. <laughs> All right. You guys, though, are, are running around the country uh, hosting some training sessions to help first responders know how to handle emergencies involving EVs. Because as an EV owner myself and somebody who has some background in this, I know there's huge differences, and they are not to be taken care of in the same way, are they?
6: They're, they're,
7: you're right. There are some uh, stark differences between how emergencies are handled you know, gas-powered or traditional-powered vehicles versus electrified. But we're doing this training hands-on and in person at no cost to the attendees. So we're really excited to go all around the country and even into Canada this year.
0: Nice. Now, I also know from, again, doing some studying and just knowing you know, battery technologies and what happens when things catch fire and so on. And I think the other thing that folks forget, I had a, I had a big uh, discussion on my Saturday program. We talked, you know, cars and all things automotive on Saturdays from 10 to 1. And for those of you maybe that don't know that drive radio on Saturdays from 10 to 1, listen in, ask all your car questions. But, Joe, I had a long conversation the other day because there's a lot of misconceptions on what's actually in an EV. And folks have this I don't know why, but they think for some odd reason that there's like AC current or something running around a EV, but it is not. It is a big DC battery and it's combined. You know, it's made up of a bunch of different individual cells to make up the the DC battery that's in all EVs. By the way, there's not a single EV out there that doesn't run on a DC battery because it's the only way you can have portable power in a battery. Am I right?
7: You are correct. So, you know, in the training, we do go through some of the electrical components and some of the concepts, and it was really interesting being there in Colorado, you know, home of the National Renewable Energy Lab and DOE, but some of the initiatives on making Americans really more, I guess, energy literate, right? So we all get an electricity bill, and but how often do we, you know, categorize uh, things in kilowatt hours or right. you understand wattage correct. or amperage? So
0: it. No, it, it's a it's a big deal the along those lines. The batteries and the
7: vehicles are designed. I just wanted to say, John, that the vehicles and batteries are designed, you know, with safety in mind. And, and certainly, we're not the only ones. General Motors that has EVs out there for for consumers to you know learn more about and, and to operate. But you know, the the crumple zones and things we talk about, you know, in the training or around the concepts of crash worthiness and hmm. you know high energy and high-voltage energy isolation and, and things that we really try to peel back the onion and, and give people an understanding, the first and second responders, an understanding of how seriously we've taken, you know, safety of these products.
0: Nice. And, and, again, you guys are doing this, and it's not just for General Motors EVs. This will apply to anybody that has, you know, comes across an accident scene, or there's a EV involved. question I have for you, though, Joe, in particular, I guess even – for my my own knowing since I I have an EV and we own one and it's our second one and I've actually got my name on a Chevy Blazer that hopefully I'll see at some point in time in the not too distant future but what should drivers of EVs not do if they're involved in an accident
7: That's a great question. So one is don't panic, right? The the, the vehicles are designed to, you know, help protect you and the ones you love and the things you have inside the vehicle. Um the other thing is to not touch or try to touch or pry or do anything with the orange colored cablings right Got so um, the industry and in, in, in General Motors is not the only one but across the industry the color orange if you see the color orange that means it's a potentially dangerous high voltage cabling or high voltage component that you know we've packaged or you know put inside the vehicle in a zone that may be protected you know in crash situations but um, if you' Number one, if you're an incident, you know, make sure that you're safe and, and don't panic. Electrified vehicles, you know, are are built with safety in mind. So that that's the one thing I'm trying to tell my family members and loved ones who are interested in electrification. Um, you know, the color orange does identify mm. uh, those cabling's or components that are high voltage.
0: I'm assuming too, Joe, when you do these these seminars, these clinics, if you would, you know, talking to, you know, first responders and so on, or to stabilize that car, stabilize it, I should say, so that it, you know, everything is safe and then they can attack it. I'll talk about the fire side of it in a moment, but talk about how, you know, a first responder would actually, you know, approach a vehicle and then stabilize it.
7: That's a great question. So. The first thing we talk about is how to identify an electrified vehicle out in the field. And in addition to, you know, the color orange on the cabling, there may be indications that it's electrified on badges or emblems. It may be on the license plate. You know, there may not be any um, exhaust pipes or any grill on the front. You know, a lot of times electrified vehicles have solid grills or just the look of them, but. One would be to identify and make sure that it is an electrified vehicle when you come up to mm-hmm. it or size up the situation. And the other thing to rest assured, and we try to walk through some of the industry documentation, and again, General Motors has been, you know, a part of these collaborative efforts. One of the organizations that your listeners, and I'm certainly you're aware of, John, is the Society of Automotive Engineers, right. SAE, yep. has done a great job in identifying, you know, how those hazards are... Mitigated and addressed in the production and and handling of these vehicles and product on the road, Uh, but there's a great document that you know, folks, you might be interested in. But it's SAE J2990. it's a J document. It's a a document on recommended practices for first and second responders Hmm. dealing with electrified vehicles. And, And the origination of that document, interestingly enough, came out in 2012, shortly after. General Motors and Chevy had launched the Volt training tour, uh, and has recently been updated in the last couple of years, but has a great wealth of information. Why do I say that? It's because in that document, it talks about automakers need to implement at least two of four means of disabling or, you know, isolating that high voltage energy in the battery pack. And the first one would be, you know, automatic disconnect. So if a vehicle has an accident or is involved in an accident and airbags go off, there are a number of situations in which that energy that, you know, all those components that may be under hood or, you know, attached to the motors or things like that would be de-energized, would be, you know, and energy would be isolated strictly in the battery pack. Man, the so other is by turning the vehicle off.
0: No, yeah. go ahead. Keep going. Keep going, Joe. I, I went so, ahead and brought the document up, and yeah. I've got a little bit of it in front of me, so keep going.
7: Yeah, so if, if, you know, the second one would be to turn the vehicle off. The third would be to, you know there's a traditional first responder cut loop, um, you know, that is talked about in J2990 and is labeled, you know, appropriately uh, for first responders to cut the accessor, you know, traditionally they would cut the 12 volt cut loop, you know, to make cuts or extrications or, you know, deal with occupants and getting them out of the vehicles. But that also is another step to potentially, you know, isolate the energy in the, in the high voltage battery. Hmm. And the fourth identified in that document J2990 is a manual disconnect, and and what we have done in General Motors, and uh, we certainly don't want that to be a primary means for first responders, that's meant for service personnel. So we talk about that in some of the training, and, uh, you know, other automakers have implemented similar aspects of their vehicles, but we talk about the documentation and the literature, if you will, on, you know, these responses, and and try to educate um, the folks on what resources are available for their, you know, continued development, continued progression
0: makes sense joe give me uh one last question i want to ask of you and i know this is one that comes up a lot just i think in general conversation even when folks are talking about evs and different things and and you know everything that surrounds them especially on the safety side and that is if in fact one does have an accident something catches fire we've seen you know different youtube videos and so on and again i want to make sure i say this as well that really is is limited. You don't see this on a daily basis, much like we don't see regular cars catch fire on a regular basis. So it's not something that happens on a daily basis. But first responders need to learn how to handle those situations. And in the case of an E V, water is not your your water's not your friend, am I correct?
7: No, let me let me let me change that perception. So in fact a lithium ion battery fire, the only thing that will sufficiently cool uh that fire and thanks for you know bringing up the point that it's not a frequent occurrence it's not something that um you know is very very you know high in number out there in the field but it, it does require a different approach by the fire service so in fact water is the only thing that will cool a lithium-ion battery pack and it's it sort of you know counterintuitive a lot of us have grown up and realizing you don't want to you know toast your bread in a bathtub right right so the idea of water being a conductive source of electricity absolutely but that's in a ungrounded state you know if you have energy and, and you're you know connected to an appliance or something but please rest assured and i want your listeners to know that water is the only thing that will cool and and, and quench or, or put out a lithium ion battery fire. So um, I just, we, we try to make that you know as as clear as day. But in our emergency response documents and in many of the rescue documents that are out there, copious amounts of water uh, are what is used. And, and you've seen certainly your listeners may have seen the reports on you know many thousands of gallons of water. Um, what we are trying to tell the, the fire service and those first responders is that you need to get the water to the source of the ignition, right? So mm-hmm. if you if you spray the the hood or the roof or the windshield, it's not going to get uh, to where the fire may be. And what we're starting to see and what we're starting to tell people is that if you just turn the vehicle into a hot tub,
1: <laughs> right? You,
7: right? You you flood the internal, you flood the you know passenger compartment. You have a more likelihood of getting that water into, uh, you know, potentially if the fire started in a battery pack. And and please, I want you and your listeners to know that fires happen for all kinds of reasons. You know, people may smoke in their vehicle and it may catch fire or, Mm -hmm. you know, something else may happen. But uh, the lithium-ion battery fires, the only thing that uh, sufficiently cools those is a lot of water.
0: Okay. I I learned something new today. appreciate you Sharing that. Okay, if there's folks out there, and we have a lot of first responders and folks that listen to us, Joe, if they want more information on this and they want to be able to attend one of these, what do they need to do?
7: First thing to do is to bookmark this website, if you, if you could, gmevfirstrespondertraining.com. It is a website where you can get more information and register from some of the upcoming training events. We're going to be um, across the country and in Canada for the remainder of this year. It's also where we'll post the, uh, the content online by mid-year. So we're, we're producing um, you know, all of the in-person trainings. We're, we're gonna do recordings and post those online for even a wider consumption. One other thing I'll tell you, and for your listeners, if they are first responders and they are familiar with the National Fire Protection Association, the NFPA, General Motors has provided a grant to the NFPA to deliver their online training free of charge, so you know you or your listeners can can go to the website nfpa.com/ev, or just search up you know evsafetytraining.com, and um, you'll see there the first responders can take that training. Normally it would cost twenty five or thirty dollars to take online, but with the code GMEV1, uh, that training is free of charge. And I learned a funny tidbit today. Um, Tesla on their first responder training site <laughs> links to that NFPA training and you know directs first responders <laughs> to use the code GM EV1 which I'm kind of happy about. Yeah,
0: that's pretty good. That's great. Joe, thank you very much. I appreciate you joining us again as an EV owner myself and, and somebody that, you know, does understand probably more than most, you know, journalists even do just because I own one and partly why I wanted to own one was to learn more about them and be able to talk about them in an educated manner not just from you know, a point of view where you're reading about them. No, I wanted to drive one, own it, know what it does, you know, know what's, you know, capacities, limitations, the good, the bad, all of that. I wanted to know all of that and did. So I, I appreciate you joining us, Joe, very much. And, again, you guys ever want to come back on air, please let us know. We'd love to have you.
7: Thanks, John, and look for that Chevy Blazer to be delivered sometime this year. We all right,
0: man. Appreciate it very much. Good
7: product. I own a Chevy Bolt too, man.
0: There you go. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it very much. Have a great evening. And uh, you know, I really appreciate the fact that uh, I'm not sure how we ever got on GM's list in the first place, but you know, we are on theirs and uh, Kia, Hyundai, some of the other manufacturers as well. But GM has a, a history with us and coming on air with us and giving us the different things that they have going on from time to time. And this is one where they're just trying to help first responders understand EVs better and be able to handle things out in the real world. And I appreciate them joining us. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air is coming up next. As I said last hour, anything you need when it comes to your HVAC, even a a mid-winter tune-up, please give them a call. They'd love to help. 720-526-0231.
8: You hire Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, and you don't want to go anywhere else. Absolute caters to your needs throughout the process, beginning with scheduling that is easy for you. Once you find a date with their scheduling team, they follow up multiple times in different ways to ensure you don't forget, and that it still works for you. Keeping the process simple and convenient is important to everyone at Absolute. You will receive a text message before they arrive with a photo of your tech, a bio of who they are, and an ETA. Once they arrive, they quickly put on protective covers over their feet and follow you directly to where they'll be working. When finished, you get a full report with pictures and zero-pressure next steps. Providing a level of simplicity for your convenience is crucial to them. Get service that will leave you feeling happy that you did business at Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. For simple scheduling, call 720-526-0231 or visit klzradio.com slash absolute today.
9: For quality and service, beyond compare call absolute electrical
0: heating and air Kevin Flesh is next anything you need we just talked about accidents with General Motors there for a moment anything you need especially in an accident situation call Kevin Flesh
9: 303-806-8886
2: Personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law has a unique background that makes him a more effective advocate for you He handles both criminal and civil cases Most attorneys only do one or the other, but Kevin has almost 25 years of experience on both sides, which means he has more practice in the courtroom. Most personal injury attorneys will say they have experience in court, but since only about 10% of personal injury cases actually go to trial, those attorneys only appear in court once or twice a year. Because Kevin also takes criminal cases, he appears in court constantly. Kevin has a rare ability to present an argument that only comes from years of experience learning how to read a courtroom. Personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh continues to practice both civil and criminal defense because he believes the courtroom keeps him nimble. Trial tested, trial ready. Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law. Schedule a free consultation now. 303-806-8886.
0: K&R Home Transitions, again, folks, anything you need in the real estate world, we've got the place to call two realtors for the price of one, by the way, 720-437-8210.
4: To attract the right buyer for your home, you need a complete understanding of your direct competition. Realtors Kat and Robin of K&R Home Transitions know exactly how to help you navigate selling your home in a changing market. By identifying exactly who your competition is, you'll actually go to see similar listings in your area so you know how to tailor your home sale and pricing to stick out to buyers. Kat and Robin identify the right strategies by actively monitoring your competition every day. Using real-time monitoring and the NMLS, they can give you updates on how things are changing in your area with expert guidance on how to keep your home ahead of the others. Choose the real estate team that puts you steps ahead of your competition and get two experts for the price of one. Set up your free consultation now at 720-437-8210. That's 720-437-8210 or fill out the contact form at klzradio.com/home. KNR Home Transitions, powered by Worth Clark Realty. This is Rush to Reason on KLZ
0: 560. All right, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ560. All right, I got a few minutes here before we have our next guest, Mark Mixon, who's with us on a uh, regular basis. And there's some new things that have come up in his world he's going to come on and talk about. This I thought was an interesting article worth talking about because I don't know about the rest of you, but I see these ads everywhere. Everywhere. They're all over social media and other places. It is the Denver Dream House Raffle. Okay, it's the Boys and Girl, Girls Club of Metro Denver, and I'm not ditzing them. Okay, this is not a knock against the Boys and Girls Club of Metro Denver, but here's a little-known secret that's actually on the 9 News website today. In 14 years of running the Denver Dream House raffle, they have never once awarded a home. So you see all the... Nice images of this home or that home and thinking that you're going to buy a raffle ticket and somehow maybe win it. Well, here's the catch. They have to sell a certain amount of raffle tickets, at least 80,000 of them, for a home to be an option for the grand prize. That's why it's important, it says in here, for people to buy tickets to understand the history of the organization, so on and so forth. But they've never sold more than 80,000 tickets. The fine print says, if fewer than 80,000 tickets are sold, the grand prize will become a cash amount equal to half of the net proceeds not to exceed $2 million. Now, still pretty good take. And if you won the raffle, and even if it was just a million bucks or so, that's still not a bad deal. But I think a lot of people would think they're entering a raffle to end up with a home that they're most likely not going to end up with. Uh, You know, Charlie just asked me, how much are... (laughs) <laughs> I see the ads all over the place. And I've never clicked on one to even know what a raffle ticket costs. I don't know. Charlie just asked me a question I can't answer. I honestly, I, I, yeah, Charlie said they're usually pretty high. I honestly, I don't know. I guess, oh, here it is. If I read down far enough, I would have found this. It's clear at the bottom of all the ads. 150 bucks for one, 400 for three, and 550 for five are pretty expensive to your point Charlie those are expensive raffle tickets now the raffle results in 35% for the boys and girls club of metro denver 34% for prizes and 31% for expenses um the way it breaks down here's how your raffle ticket works 35% of it goes to the boys and girls club of metro denver of it goes towards the prizes that are awarded, and 31% goes to expenses. I think I'm going to start running a raffle. 31% to handle whatever expenses you come up with. Um, I'm sorry, but Boys and Girls Club of Metro Denver, you can do better. I'm sorry, you can do better. To have any organization running this for you that you've got to pay 30% to manage and run it, you only get 35% and you're, you're getting 4% more than they are is all. To me, that's a travesty in and of itself. So I, would I buy one of these raffle tickets? No, I would not. Especially now learning that they've never given... A home away. And again, you're going to see these ads all over the place because this thing goes all the way to April unless they sell 80,000 tickets. Nobody gets a house anyway. So chances of you getting a house out of that, pretty slim. Let's just say that. High Five Plumbing is next, folks. 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE. Anything you need when it comes to plumbing, make sure you give those guys a call and that number should be in your phone at all times. Anyways, High Five Plumbing. 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE.
9: You think it's just a little bit of hair clogging your drain, but when you clean it out yourself, That doesn't solve the issue. Whether you're facing slow drainage, a complete clog, or trouble with backflow, High Five Plumbing will do a full inspection of the problem and help you understand how you can be proactive in the future. Anytime your plumbing won't drain, it could be hair, but it could also be tree roots, cracked pipes, or a buildup of quote-unquote flushable products. Whatever the case may be, when you aren't sure what is causing the clog, you need to call a professional. Call the plumbers that educate you at High Five Plumbing so you can prevent the same problem from happening again. For a limited time only, KLZ listeners get $200 off a tanked water heater or $500 off a tankless water heater provided by High Five Plumbing. Call now at 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE. That's 877-934-4445. High Five Plumbing, where every call ends with a high five.
0: Stream Auto Repair, anything you need when it comes to your vehicle. Cooper Tires at cost. They've got a great battery deal. And don't forget, they can brighten up your headlights as well. KLZRadio.com or call direct 303-841-1071.
3: You have a warranty on your vehicle's battery. But when you go to replace it, they still expect you to pay a prorated replacement fee. That's not a warranty. Extreme Auto carries batteries backed by a five-year guarantee and with no proration on their battery warranty. Should the battery that you purchased with them fail within that five-year window, Extreme replaces it, no questions asked. The staff at Extreme Auto has these batteries in their own cars because their prorated free five-year guarantee is the best deal around. In most cases, Extreme Auto can do same-day service and for your convenience, Extreme Auto offers loaner vehicles and towing services free of charge for their customers so they can quickly get you back on the road replace your car battery and get the assurance you need with a battery that you can trust will last give extreme auto repair a call now to set up a battery replacement on your vehicle today that number 303-841-1071 303-841-1071 or write them a message at klzradio.com slash extreme
2: this is rush to reason brought
0: to you by absolute
1: electrical heating and
0: air all right, we're back. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Mark Mix joining us now, as he does from time to time. Mark, welcome. How are you, sir?
6: Well, I'm doing fine, John. I appreciate the High Five plumbing ad. I tell you what, I had an encounter with a power washer, 125 foot uh, super high pressure hose, and a main sewer line. So, yeah, have High Five plumbing number on, your, <laughs> there or, you on go. your cell phone. There
0: you go. All right, talk to us about <laughs> Right to Work.
6: Yeah, indeed, indeed. Well, when your when your main sewer line is plumb, you have to get right to work. Yes, you but do. But anyway, no, we just in it. We just got an inter- our new right to work bill introduced in the 118th Congress. Uh, Congressman Joe Wilson of South Carolina introduced the bill on Tuesday. This is John. We talked about this before. It's a one-page bill in an era of 4,000-page bills. Um, it doesn't add a single word to federal law, unlike almost every other bill that's introduced in the United States Congress. And it simply repeals the provisions in the federal labor policy that forces workers to pay union dues or fees to union officials in order to work in America. Real simple, the bill uh, came in with about 33 co-sponsors in the House, including Doug Lamborn uh, from Colorado. Uh, It is HR 1200, it's an easy to remember number, Mm. and uh, we need to generate lots of support for it and push it. We may not be able to get it through, but we think it's important, and Congressman Wilson thinks it's important to make sure that everybody knows where all their politicians stand on the issue of freedom or force in America's workplace.
0: What what would this, because this the question that a lot of folks out there listening are going to ask, and they need to be able to share this with their friends, relatives, and neighbors, what does this change from what it is now?
6: Yeah, well, John, going all the way back to 1935, the federal government decided they wanted to take over control of private sector labor management relations. And so they wrote a bill then called the Wagner Act, now referred to as the National Labor Relations Act, that basically gives union officials this power to compel you to pay you a fee in order to work in America. Colorado's got a little bit of an interesting twist on it, but they're Colorado's not a right to work state, but what this would do is go into that federal law and it would repeal the provisions that authorize that force, that compulsion, and it would make the bias of federal law in favor of voluntarism. It wouldn't stop anyone from joining a union, participating in a union, in fact giving their entire paycheck to a union. But it would not contemplate the idea that you lose your job, whether you're good at it, bad at it, medium at it, whatever you are at it, you can't lose your job if you don't pay a private organization for the right to work. Mm-hmm. It's really that simple.
0: And this would change that because, as you said earlier, this would give everybody the, I guess you could say, the wherewithal to know exactly where they stand, where their rights are, and what they, what they can and can't do.
6: Yeah, that's exactly right. It's, um, you know, it's so simple. Uh, 27 states across the country already have right-to-work laws on the books. Colorado, interestingly enough, the compulsion, the forced union membership that, you know, we see in some places like the King Super Strike that we talked Mm -hmm. about a while back, other places like that, you know, the, the, the federal law governs that relationship and says that unions can demand what they call, and it's correctly identified as a union security clause in a contract. Well, in Colorado, because you have what's known as the Labor Peace Act, you have to have a second vote on whether or not you're going for- to force all the workers in a, in, a, in a workplace to pay union dues or fees. You know, the first vote is, are we going to have a union? And then the second vote would be, are we going to force everyone to pay dues in order to work? And if they don't pay, do they get fired? That's a kind of a different twist than, say, for example, California, where there is no second vote. Once you're in the union, you have to pay union dues because that's what the first thing that unions will negotiate mm. is when employers say, look, I want all your employees to pay me. Uh, as a first piece of a contract, mm-hmm. we're going to call it a union security clause, and you get to pay me in order to work. And if they don't pay, you have to fire these workers after 30 days.
0: Yep. Now, to your point earlier, I think it's important, and you said it right, whether this you know ends up making it all the way through and passing or not, just the fact that it's rolling through and you can see who has support and who doesn't says a lot about your politician.
6: Yeah, absolutely, John. You know, we we so many things. I forget what the numbers are, but they're staggering when you think of every year in state legislatures across the country in Congress. There's something to the order of 160 to 170 thousand bills introduced. Wow. Okay, lots of them are you know fairly. They just don't do a whole lot. It's you know honoring the football team or making sure that uh, May right. is milk month or whatever. But I think six or seven thousand of those laws pass any given year, and we don't know what most of them do. We don't know what our politicians, how they're voting, and 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 how they're applying these new laws to our lives. And you know, in a in a in the experiment in self government in a democratic republic, it's our responsibility to be educated about what our legislators are doing. Good point. And how, where they stand on issues, because if we don't then we get the government we deserve. I mean, everyone complains about the government. The first thing I do in the morning is wake up and say, you know, this is we the people. We're getting what we deserve because we're not paying attention, because we're not involved, and we're not engaged. And so whether you win or lose a legislative battle in the left, the left – The collectivist left is very good at this. They will grab onto something, and they will keep pushing it and keep pushing it and keep pushing it. And we get tired of it, and finally it passes after 10 or 20 years. And, you know, we end up with a a statute or a regulation that radically changes the way we work or the way we live or the way we, you know, breathe the air or the way we draw water from our faucet. But they continue to push it. And so our job, and and as, as participants in this, and our founding fathers understood this, we need to be educated about what government does. Yep. Does government need to do as much? No, but we need to pay attention to what they're doing. And that's why yep. introducing a bill like this that has a clear distinction, are you for freedom in the workplace or force? Yep. You ought to know where yep. someone stands on it. Great
0: that. point. Mark, how do folks yep. find out more and even track this through? I know you guys will have things on your website. How do they find that?
6: Yeah, John, uh, NRTWC, NRTWC, National Right to Work Committee.org. They can track all the legislation. The legislation we're tracking right now in the state of Colorado, the legislation we're working on in the United States Congress, they can find it right there on that website.
0: Awesome. Mark, as always, appreciate you joining us, sir. It was always short notice, but I appreciate you taking time for us.
6: That's OK. Thanks, John. Appreciate Thanks, Mark.
0: It. Appreciate it very much. And yeah, folks, that's a big deal. And to his point, it'll tell you where your leaders stand when it comes to some of these things. All right. I got more to talk about as soon as I come back. I want to come back to the my, my comment on the D.I.A. situation. Mr. Washington, who is now being nominated, that's the Biden nomination for the F.A.A. Uh, you know, administrator, the, the head of the FAA, which, by the way, it's just, it's laughable. I have no other way to say it other than it's just laughable. I'm going to come back and talk more about that. A couple of you have even uh, commented in and, and made, you know, text messages to me or give me text messages about that as well. So I'll come back and finish up with that. Affordable interest mortgage is next. Kurt Rogers, seven two zero eight nine five zero five
10: hundred. Thinking rates are too high to buy a home? Wish they were in the threes or fours? Well, your wait is over. Take aim. Affordable interest mortgage. With a 321 buy-down, you can now purchase a home at 3.193% first year, 4.913% second, 5.913 the third, and the remaining years at 6.913, with an APR of 6.985. If rates go down, refinance and save even more. On a $400,000 loan, your monthly payment would be over $748 a month less the first year, $511 the second, $262 the third, with a total savings of over $18,000. Before you buy, take AIM, 720-895-0500. Three-to-one buy-downs available up to 95% loan-to-value. If you're thinking about home ownership, now may be the best time to purchase. Call Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Own your new home and save thousands in payments. That's 720-895-0500. 80% LTV, 30-year fixed, 6.985% APR, 740 FICO, primary home, rates as of eleven sixteen. NMLS 298191 and rates subject to change.
0: All right, Al Smith, Golden Eagle Financial. And uh, I was listening to Al today as he was actually uh, consulting a couple of different individuals. And I just enjoy Al's demeanor, how he handles things, what he does, and so on. And he's just a good guy. I have no other way to say it. Talk to Al today when it comes to your future and your finances in that, in that realm as well. And, again, he can stress test even any, any plans that you may have right now, make tweaks and adjustments as well. 303-744-1128.
4: Don't procrastinate. After 20 years with Golden Eagle Financial, Al Smith understands that one of the main keys to a successful plan is optimizing it with a professional in a timely manner. When you procrastinate reviewing your financials for retirement, you're accepting preventable potential losses. Careful planning with a professional helps you capitalize on opportunities that exist organically in your life now. Al can make a calculated projection of your finances based on your unique situation to position your money for the retirement you want. In his 30 years of experience as a financial advisor, Al has counseled hundreds of people who've gone through the same transition that you are. Don't wait to optimize your retirement plan. Get a fresh look with Al Smith now at 303-744-1128, 303-744-1128, or visit klzradio.com money. Advisory services offered through Foundation Investment Advisors an SEC Registered Advisor. This is Josh with Business Equipment Service. Here's a message from one of our satisfied customers. Barb with the United Way of Weld County said, We are very happy with the copiers we currently have, and your customer service is exceptional. Doug is a great technician and is always prompt in coming out whenever we have a problem with one of our copiers. Thanks again for your wonderful partnership and customer service. I'm glad we are working with you. If you are looking into purchasing office equipment or need service on equipment you currently have, give us a call at 303-825-5664.
9: As independent brokers, GIA Insurance does not work for any insurance company. They can shop the market and find you the best premium for the coverage that you need. Call 303-423-0162, extension 100, or go online to e-gia.com.
2: It's time to leave your safe space. This is Rush to
0: Reason on KLZ five sixty. All right, Rush to Reason, Denver's afternoon rush, KLZ five sixty. Again, appreciate all of you joining us each and every day. And I'm going to go back to the uh, just the situation with the nomination for the FAA. Administrator, which, of course, is our own Mr. Washington here in Colorado who runs DIA. I had a text message that came in a moment ago that says, you're exactly right about DIA and their ridiculous snow removal practices. I'm in the industry as well. We'd get our contracts canceled if we operated like they do. And I responded and said, yes, I would as well. And that is a fact, folks. If we in the snow removal world handled our customers like the city of Denver handles DIA, I would be broke. We would not operate. We would be done. Because our, cu- our, our our customers would not put up with that. How in the world the airlines, or why in the world, the airlines put up with that same nonsense out of DIA is, I guess, because they have no other choice. That's what happens when you have monopolies like cities running an airport. Because they really have no choice. Where else are they going to go? And... Senator Cruz, of course, spot on, Ted Cruz, Phil Washington, he said he had a long and honorable career in the military, but he does not have any experience in aviation safety. Quite simply, that quite simply is a position he is not qualified for. So, Mr. Washington, if you're listening, Phil Washington, you are not qualified to be the faa administrator in fact i'm going to say this on air and go on record you're not qualified to run dia no it's not because of the color of your skin it's because of the color of how you've handled things as the head of dia already you stink at that job i i can't believe we put up with some of the things at this airport in this town that we do it's absolutely pitiful the way dia has run at times i'm i'm dead serious folks from the construction and the woes that have gone on there to the way we handle snow removal and so on it's absolutely embarrassing that with an inch of snow our airport has to shut down it's absolutely ridiculous and should not happen joe you're up sir
1: john did you get a chance to read the email i sent you on anchorage airport
0: uh, briefly, and others have sent me similar things over the course of the last month or so. And let's face it, Joe, there are many an airport out there that handles snow way more inches than we get on any given day better than Denver does.
1: Anchorage Airport's been in, been in operation for 70 years. They have never once, not once, shut down because of weather. And if you read some of the quotes, that they, the, they can clear a runway in 18 to 22 minutes.
0: Well, and I've uh, looked at the equipment that we have at DIA. And, again, being in that business, Joe, I know you know one piece of equipment from another. And, and you know, last time I flew in and after a big, huge delay, by the way, because, again, they had the airport shut down for an inch of snow. And I look at all the equipment lined up, all their beacons running, and none of them are moving. I'm thinking, <laughs> what are you guys doing? <laughs> Nothing, evidently.
1: Uh, yeah, so, it, so it's just yeah, – it's horribly run. And, and let's get back to his qualification. When you're – the FAA, you've got a couple of primary – responsibility. one is the aircraft certification process. somebody wants to introduce a new airplane you know they you know whether it be Boeing or Airbus you know so the f a a is in charge of the certification process and it's a very elaborate and and um, detailed he's he, he has no clue how to certify an airplane. the other is to certify airmen uh, mm. you know and uh, in terms of what pilot qualification should be what pilot testing should consist of these are all the things the f a a you know that they set the standards. You've, you've got a rule book of the FAR, Federal Aviation, uh, Federal uh, Aviation Regulations, FAR. It's it's about a six-inch thick book. Right. Uh, it's it, everything from how you can operate, what you can do, what you can't do, how many hours rest you have to have, when is an aircraft fit to fly, when is an aircraft not fit to fly. He knows not running a, a train system in, in Los Angeles, and running. And, a, and by the a way, not very
0: not very efficiently in in that case either, Joe.
1: No, and, and so he has. He has zero aviation you know, running an airport uh has nothing to do with aircraft or pilots. Nope. N- neither one. Nope. Um uh the guy's not you know, maybe if the guy was a pilot it might be um, you know, something to his credentials, but you know, I, I John, I, I know more about <clears throat> aircraft and pilot certification than this guy ever will in his life. Joe,
0: just being around you, Dan, some of the other people that I know, pilots and so on, I probably know as much (laughs) about it as he does. Yes. Uh, And I can tell you this much. Really quick, Joe, I can tell you this much. I definitely could run DIA tomorrow and do it more efficiently than this guy does, especially when it comes to snow removal.
1: Anybody could.
0: Good night. I
1: think think you'd appreciate that. By the way, there's a great show called Ice Airport Alaska. I think it's on the Smithsonian Channel. Oh, watch it. Yeah, Ice Airport Alaska. It's a weekly series, and you can stream the, the the back episodes. But they spend quite a bit of time on their snow removal operation. These guys come out. You know, they they have the tower. You know, uh, you know. Hold. They say, give us 18 minutes, and they take these guys four abreast down the runway. They got plows. So they got these wow. steel brooms. You know, where they're you know they 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 go right down to the tarmac with these rotary steel brushes. And 18 minutes, they got the runway clear. You know. So, worst case, they tell. So, in other words, it's
0: not that hard.
1: Not that hard. Again, seventy-three years, they've never shut the airport down, not even for one day, uh, and they get six feet of. How much snow does Denver get in a year?
0: Oh, on average, it depends on the year, but we're about forty-five inches a year. Joe, is all, not as much and, as people think.
1: And they get six feet, so that's 70 72 inches. But plus, you get six months of of darkness where the snow you don't get the you don't get the sun to um, to, uh, I, I don't want to say melt, uh, we've talked about snow. We get a lot of that
0: here, they don't there.
1: Yeah, because here in Denver, and, and you know, snow can either be melted away, but more commonly, as we talked, more commonly when the sun shines on snow, even though it might be 20 degrees, snow will evaporate. It's called sublimation, that's mm-hmm. why ice, ice mm-hmm. cubes in your freezer shrink if you leave an ice cube in your freezer long enough. Uh, the snow goes directly from solid snow to to a liquid water vapor, and they don't get that benefit in Alaska. They have to they have to physically move it off the runway. They they get in the winter they get no sun benefit to keep their runways free of ice and snow. Uh,
0: I, again, Joe, I, I just I know I shouldn't be surprised. Even Dan Muir texted in and said it's uncanny how woke. The Biden administration has made aviation rules, regulations, and terms. It's nuts. It's going to cause a major accident. And, Joe, Dan is 100% correct.
1: I'm, I'm afraid, unfortunately, Unfortunately, John, I'm
0: afraid he's correct.
1: I'm afraid he's correct, too. I, I, if I had to bet money, I, I would bet that Dan, Dan is correct.
0: We're so, putting people's lives on the line for wokeness.
1: For wokeness and for checking boxes. Yep. Um, and, and, and by the way, that's the all
0: wokeness point. is, by the way, is checking boxes. Right, as and you political
1: know. and and political favors, and they use wokeness. So they use wokeness sometimes as an excuse to uh, pay back political favors. This guy's been a, uh, he's been a fixture in Democrat. Yeah, a question I've health. got for
0: you, Joe, along those lines. Not to you know really get off subject, but it involves Washington. What's he got on everybody that's allowed him to have the positions he has?
1: You know, I don't know. He started his career in Denver. Started off, you know, as head of RTD, which is another fiasco. Yeah,
0: by it's way, another huge failure. By the way,
1: not a single promise. About F- RTD being uh, self-funding and you know has ever you know come remotely close to being true. So you know, RTD and, and by the is, way,
0: Ted Cruz characterized his management of city transit agencies as mismanagement and wasteful spending, which by the way is 100% correct.
1: Yep. So uh, and John, I don't know. He must have something on somebody because he it's called failing upward. He failed. You know, he failed yep. RTD. Then it got then he took a new job, a more higher paying job for the head of the L.A. transit system, which was an even bigger job, bigger paycheck, and then he gets to come back to Denver to run DIA, and now they're talking about making this guy head of the FAA? Unreal. John, you're right. He must have pictures of somebody. He
0: has to, because here again, this is a quote out of, the, out of you know, Fox Business, but it says, New York Times reported that a Denver rail project overseen by Mr. Washington ran up to $2 billion-plus deficit and has become over 30 years behind schedule. Just last month, Mr. Washington another Denver official spent more than $100,000 on a junket to Africa to drum up support for Denver's airport. Government waste and delayed over-budget projects are things we want to change at the FAA, not continue. That was Ted Cruz's words, not mine.
1: Yep, Ted is, is spot on, but John, unfortunately, that's... that's uh the state of politics in America and particularly the state of politics in Colorado and, and, and of course, with this administration.
0: And, uh, and for everybody listening, please, uh, I want to make sure we're crystal clear on this. Joe, I know you are. I know Dan is as well. You cannot run any kind of an organization, but especially the FAA that is in charge of airline, airplane security across this country, and by the way, even even more so because it affects things around the world, as you know, Joe, you cannot put somebody in charge that knows nothing about it.
1: Knows nothing about airplane, knows nothing about pilots, knows nothing about aviation regulations. Uh, it's just, it's insanity, John, but, you know, that's where we are these days, and our only hope is, you know, that we have a national election, twenty. 20- in uh, what in twenty months, and our only hope is to uh, is to change some things in the White House. That's, that's all yeah. I can tell and you. And really quick, I want to make
0: sure that I'm, I I say this correctly as well because I don't know all of the rules on that. But am I correct in saying that what we do here with our FAA, it has an impact worldwide? Correct.
1: Oh, absolutely, because uh, the rest of the world follows suit. Yes. Um, and and of course, and if you're an international, if you're Alitalia or you're uh, any of the other uh, Lufthansa. Uh, you must, you know, when you come into U.S. airspace, you are flying, you are abiding by U.S. rules. Um, so, yes, it... and uh, Which so, means
0: what happens here is affecting other countries, other nations even, in a very direct manner, right?
1: That's that's correct. Yeah. Uh, by the way, there's another show in Smithsonian that's uh, on Sunday nights. I don't know if you want to watch it, but it's called Air Disasters.
0: I've seen and some it, of it, yes. I've already watched some of those.
1: <laughs> and, and unfortunately, John... Uh, you know, it's it's not always, but sometimes it's controller error. You That's know, right. The, the person in the tower right, or in or in the ATC center. By the way, most people don't know this, but uh, most of the air traffic controllers are not sitting in a control tower. They're sitting in a block brick house up in Fort Collins.
0: Right, uh, right. You're not at That's the right. airport. That's right. Good point. Joe, as always, appreciate you, man. Really do. Thank you very much. And Joe gave me a lot of insight into... The, Mr. Washington, long before this even came up on Fox News, and we've talked about that on this program many times. Again, not not bragging, but we've talked about Mr. Washington long before even Ted Cruz started talking about him being you know, being the nominee for the FAA administrator. Joe's even told us that that was going to be the plan of the Biden administration a while back. Um, I Again, I go back to what I was talking about with Joe a moment ago. What does he have on the rest of the Democrat leadership That has enabled him to continually fail, as Joe said, fail upward every single time he's failed. He has to have something on someone or a lot of influence or he wouldn't be able to do the things that he's doing and you would not get this nominee and the nod from the Biden administration to be the FAA administrator. Now, I don't think he'll make it, although we don't control the Senate, so I I will not go out on a limb and say one way or the other whether that will or will not happen. I pray it doesn't, because all of our, our you know all of us in the safety of as we travel in airplanes will be affected by that decision. And I will continue to point out he cannot run Denver International Airport in an effective you know, uh, you know, cost-saving manner and so on, an efficient manner is what I should say. How in the world do you think he's going to run the entire FAA? And and that is by that is not just a chair someone sits in and and appears to look good. They will have to do things, make decisions, and so on. It's not like a a, a other trans you know, other other agencies where the head just sort of sits there and he's a figurehead or she's a figurehead. That's not the case here. So, enough said there. Veteran Windows and Doors, I need to make note here also that today, uh, Dave started a 25% off product materials and labor if you sign this month. And if you meet with them or when you meet with them, he'll give you another 10% off. Just mention this ad. uh, Just mention me talking about this, I should say, to Dave when you call him. 303-529-0720.
5: It's time to dispel the myth that windows made from vinyl won't last. The longevity of the windows you buy depends on the quality that it is made with and the way vinyl is engineered. Veteran Windows and Doors source their windows from Provia, a manufacturer that they stand behind enough to guarantee their product for a lifetime. Their competitors claim to have the superior proprietary vinyl product because it uses 40% reclaimed wood, which is just a fancy way of saying they use sawdust. No wonder vinyl gets a bad rap. Veteran Windows & Doors windows are fiberglass reinforced, backed with a lifetime guarantee, and always meet code. The only things that matter are the U-factor, the solar heat gain coefficient, and the design pressure. That's what maintains a perfect temperature that you can enjoy as long as you live in the home when you choose Veteran Windows & Doors. Mention KLZ and receive 25% off product, material, and labor in March. And when you sign up this month, you'll receive an additional 10% off. Schedule your appointment today, 303-529-0720. That's 303-529-0720.
4: Suck it up, Buttercup. Back to Rush to Reason.
0: All right, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. About a minute or so left here is all. And um, people are not happy with Uncle Joe, not because of his... Nomination of Washington as the FAA administrator. No, no, no. This is, this has to do now with health care. Um, he continues to tell this story about a particular time that he was in the hospital. And the nurse did things for him that he will say, quote, I don't think you learn in nursing school. He talks about a nurse going home and getting him pillows and coming back and breathing into his nostrils and just weird, out-of-this-world, goofy stuff that only a goofball would talk about. First of all, did it really happen? I have no idea. He talks about a nurse named Pearl Nelson. She'd come in and do things I don't think you learn in nursing school. She'd whisper in my ear. I couldn't understand, but she'd whisper, and she'd lean down, and she'd actually breathe on me to make sure that there was a human connection. Smell his hair, yeah, Charlie says. (laughs) I mean, this is just weird. This is our president. Now, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that if President Trump had talked that way, the press and the left would have come unglued, unhinged. You would not hear the end of it. Outside of Fox News, have any of you heard about this? I go back to the question I asked Wade with Andy yesterday. Tell me something mainstream media has been accurate on in, oh, the past three, four years plus. You notice I didn't say anything because there isn't any. And they will not report on the things I just mentioned a moment ago because it would make Joe look bad. So... All right, we'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. And uh, Dr. Kelly Victory will be with us in the first hour. we got lots to talk about when it comes to COVID and just things going on there as well. So enjoy your night. Don't forget, National, National Crawford Roundtable is next. This is Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560.